0: So I coined a new term, right? It's called peak. I've talked about this before, but it, sorry about that, but uh, it bears repeating. A lot of people like to use this new term. I think it might be an old term. Rather, it's called spurg, right? So spurg is a derogatory term used, I think, towards people online who act in a, uh, what some might describe as an autistic manner where they're not quite picking up on social cues and they're quote unquote spurging out, right? Now, I'm not saying don't call people spurgs or whatever. I'm just saying that's 2022, right? If you wanna look like a fucking dum dum, okay? If you wanna keep calling people a spurg, okay? That's lame as fuck, okay? The new word is peak, right? And peaking, right? And when someone peaks, that means they're at their pinnacle of autism, right? When someone's peaking, for instance, now the old the old term was Spurging. People used to Spurg, new term for 2023 is peaking. And I'm going to have new merchandise coming out and it's going to say peak and peaking and it's just going to be fucking lit. I got big things coming for 2023, real big things coming down the merch line. I'm going to step back. I'm going to create my last line of homemade merch and then I'm going to, do a couple, this is breaking news. So welcome to the show, this is Provo Kid, breaking news podcast. I got two new merch lines coming out for 2023. Uh, the Peak brand, okay, peaking. And then I have uh, lawyers and doctors. So I'm gonna get a shirt, sweaters preferably, that big, big sweaters that say lawyers and doctors with an ampersand sign. I don't like the like A and D too many letters. So we're gonna do lawyers and doctors for the sweaters. I'll probably sell those at twenty-five, thirty dollars. Real, you know, keeping it reasonable during this in, uh, recession and inflation. Okay, so, and we got peaking, and I think this is a great way to move forward linguistically in our country. Like Spurg is, I, I, it just doesn't cut. Cut, cut it for me. I like peak. You're peaking. Uh, it just can be used in a way. Here's why I like peak. As soon as you say spurg, it's just like, oh, you're you're making the old autistic reference. Like I get it, but when you say peak, you can just go around saying it, right? It's just a right now. It's just a free use. You call, you say someone's peaking. Hey man, they're not going to get upset. You say someone's spurging. They might, they might be like, yo, yo, I'm not a spurg. I'm not spurging. So going forward, 2023, new merch, lawyers and doctors, new words, peaking. Okay. Uh, we peak on this channel. I am, uh, someone who does peak often. Uh, it's just a symptom, right? It's a symptom of who I am. I peak and I'm going to keep peaking. Cause what I don't do is plateau, right? What I, what I don't do is nothing, right? I'm, I'm going up, baby. There's a mountain called success, and I'm constantly peaking. I'm going to the Mount Everest of peaks in my own personal lives, whatever that means. I want to peak for me, right? And sometimes, you know, people might denounce peaking, but I think I think honestly, old term again, springing. I think peaking, when done in the right formula, in the right in the right recipe, honestly is. High content, high value, great entertainment. So, moving forward, I want to move into like Provo Kid, Provo Kid. Where have you been? What's going on? Um, You haven't been in chat. Well, I actually have been in chat. I've been a chat monster lately in a couple people different uh, in a couple different streams. Just seeing how other people create content, what they do to explore the medium, how they you know work with this palette called YouTube. Okay, because there's a lot of people playing on this palette. And they're all artists. I see all these content creators. I see all these streamers. And I'm curious. I, I want to dig in. What are these people doing? How are they making money? So this is going to be something new as well. I hate to say this to everybody. Uh, this is also breaking news for Provo Kid fans. I'm sorry. A lot of people looking, might, might be upset about this. So I'm going to have to say this gently. Um, I'm going to start pivoting to two-hour podcasts. I know. I know. It's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, The first hour is on YouTube. Okay. It's what you're watching now. It's live. It's unfiltered. It's raw. It's a stream of consciousness, live streaming. It's a stream within a stream. It's what most people can't do. Okay. I am the stream within the stream. All right. So when I get to where I'm going now with it, with this new 2-hour podcast concept I'm unfolding for everybody right so the way this new format for the Provo is going to work in 2023 um will go something like this I'm going to put up uh I don't know people I don't even know these fucking apps people use cash app I don't I'm not getting cash app maybe a venmo and I'm going to say I guess it's called a super chat if you want to have this second hour of podcast on YouTube all you got to do is donate a dollar. It's the same thing with the Patreon, right? So, at the end of this live uh, live podcast, uh, I'll check the super chats, as some people say, right? I'm taking other people's ideas here. No shame in my game, okay? Um, and I'm gonna see if there's any donations, so to speak, or uh, and, I, and I'm gonna lead into what these donations will be called. And I'm building this this thing I'm I'm working on, but I, I'm laying the foundation here for for the provocate fans. And if there's no donations. Uh, what I will do is just go straight to Patreon where anybody who does pay a dollar gets the second hour for free because um, i really want to step up my Patreon content and also uh, allow people who don't want to pay for Patreon to just donate a dollar on Venmo and get the Patreon content live. Uh, I think it's like pay-per-view. What I'm trying to recreate is a pay-per-view option for live viewers. So if they want more of the hour that I that I unfold and, they, and then the second hour too is interacting. Uh, but again, if there's no donations, then I just, who knows what I'll do with Patreon. But I do have five fans. I want to give a shout out to my five Patreon fans. It's I really does mean a lot, right? Um, at first, they were just family. But now the Patreon Provo Kid sphere is growing, okay? It costs a dollar. It's not a big deal. And right now, there's only a few extra uh, Provo Kid features or shows on there right now. And I have a lot extra. I have a lot of fucking bank stuff. I hate to brag. I got... If I had a bookshelf behind me, it'd be podcast episodes I didn't post, okay? And it'd just be stacked. I'm like, oh my God, look at all the content that kid creates. Whatever. Anyways, so new format going in 2023, two-hour podcasts. Uh, I don't know how frequent they will be, but I won't be doing live streams, quote-unquote. It'll just be a two-hour block time. Uh, First hour is like this. Second hour, uh, (laughs) all it takes is a dollar. And then I just do the live stream, and kind of what everybody else does, but uh, I read chat, I do all that other stuff. Now, let's get to the content. Uh, That was all, how do you put it, first 10 minutes uh, advertisement, which I never do, right? I'm shifting gears, 2023, trying to pivot, trying to be a real content creator. Before, uh, I was just kind of passive. But now, I've been really just looking at how all these people do this, and I don't want to call out channels, but I see some great ideas where people pay you to drink. I'm like, holy shit. People pay you to get drunk on live stream? That's fucking insane. Like $2 or $3 for shots. Those people are monsters. I can't do that, right? But if someone does give me a dollar to talk for another hour, hey, I'm game. I love talking to myself. Honestly, if I go anywhere, it's all about me. Me, 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 right? That's why, you know, people like, here's the other thing. People like, you want attention everyone does, right? I'm just honest about it. That's the big difference between me where other people will pretend that they're listening to you just to say what they really have to say where I'm honest. Like, let me let me say what I have to say and then I'll listen to you because I'm real about that. Uh, I do want the attention. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm doing. And that's what I think everybody's doing, whether they're live streaming or chatting. It's all about attention. And so I'm going to just embrace it. I do want attention. Who doesn't? Uh, so the kind of attention I I like is um, how do you put it different than most because so, in different places and different times I don't want any attention. Uh, for example, let's get into the meat of the Provo Kid podcast. What I actually talk about in my own life. So I was recently okay uh, at a casino. I was on where was I Provo Kid? Provo Kid was on a vacation. Okay, um, on a little vacation. And I went gambling. Everybody who listens to the ProvaKid podcast knows I like to gamble. It's not a secret. And when I went to the casino, and I don't go to the strip. Like when I go, well, I already said it. I went to Las Vegas, okay? When I go to Las Vegas, I don't do the tourist bullshit. I'm a casino kid. So let me lay that groundwork first. I grew up with parents who were casino hounds, okay? So they'd go quite frequently, you know and to las vegas and you know they dragged drag me along and i'm a casino kid what does that mean it means i grew up and you know i get how do you put it around <laughs> a lot of cigarettes when i was young i've told this story before but you go into a restaurant in las vegas and they say smoking or non-smoking section no I actually like the smell of cigarettes, unlike most people. To me, the smell of cigarettes smells like vacation. It smells like excitement. It smells like uh, the mirage. It's good times. When I smell cigarettes for some reason, boom, my synapses take me straight to the casino. As a kid, and I'm, I'm just having a good time. So now I'm grown up. I'm in the casino, and I'm seeing things differently. And now guess what? I see peak autism all over. Okay, so I'm not a big slot machine guy first and foremost um and all, first of all, when I talk about gambling, let me just get this out uh when you gamble, gamble responsibly only gamble with money you have that's that's my advice uh and I call it a bankroll go with what you have, and then after that you're fucked <laughs> but uh so gamble responsibly, but you my point is you i get 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 in the casino and I swear to God, the first fucking thing I see, I see, I get out of the elevator and I walk out. I see a fucking woman. I can't slap but the, my, any of my surroundings right now. But she's slapping the fucking slot machine. Da, 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 da. Slapping the fucking thing. Tap, she's tapping and slap. She's doing the tap slap. The tap slap. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I have never seen a slot machine. Okay, so for me, grew up young, you pull the lever. And then as I got older, they brought in the tap. You tap, 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 tap. You tap the fucking button, okay? I don't know why they got rid of the levers. The levers were dope, okay? Uh, But they went to tapping, which is fine if you like slots. Um, But I didn't grow up in the era where I could pull it. There are still a few machines where you can't pull it, but that seems a bit of a workout now, honestly. But the tap is fine. But anyways, this lady's tapping, and you, you try to walk past this, okay? But when someone's peeking, and it's in public. You're like, and it's you're like they're they're smacking this machine. Did they fucking hit a jackpot? What's going on? Who the fuck? I swear, to God. bam, 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 tap, 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 tap. Like, what the fuck? Okay, and I thought this was a one-off. No way, other people are tapping the machines. Right, maybe it's the machine, mate' because they have these nice slot machines where it looks like a fucking. I don't know, big screen TV you're looking at, okay? And they got these big fucking screens, just blue. They got that blue light just draining your fucking soul, okay? Draining your pineal uh, gland, just of all the good juices. Um, so you got these people, they're playing the slot machines, and I, I just keep, I, I walk past or I stare for a minute, try to figure this slot machine out, what the fuck's going on? Do you, ta- are, there, are there features? Like, is it a game? Um, anyways... I can't stand and stare at people for too long, even if they are acting in very peakish manners. So I, I, I just go through the casino and then I come back. She's not there. And I sit at the slot machine, put in 20 bucks and I try to figure out how to play this game. And I start fucking tapping this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Not hard. I wasn't slapping it, but I was trying to figure out what the fuck this lady was doing. And I learned she's autistic. You don't touch the screen. You don't smack the screen. She's just fucking peeking, okay? So really the way the game works is you just tap. And when you hit a bonus is what, what it's called and all these fucking things light up and you get all excited. This lady was all excited. It's like ding, 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 ding. Or like little balls of fire or whatever the fuck it was, okay? And they fill up a screen, little boxes, Okay. Like almost like that game you used to play with the red and yellow things and they drop in or whatever the fuck that shit is. And you have kind of that game, I guess, in a slot machine form. And this woman's tapping all these boxes, hoping these little balls of fire. She's not tapping. fucks. She's tapping the button and smacking this fucking screen. And I thought, I won't ever see that again. You only get blessed with things like that periodically. You only get to see... In my my experience, a real peak like that in a casino, not too often. Um, But I was wrong. Apparently, this woman is a fucking trendsetter. My dudes. Holy shit. Now, this is the second day I'm in the casino. Okay? And let me just be brief with the first part of the story. I lost the first day. And uh, not unusual when you gamble, by the way. And I come back, new ca- same casino, same machine, different autistic woman. This hey, the the common factor here, though. I actually the uncommon factor here is I won't say that. Let's just say the two women that were playing this machine different races, and I was like, holy shit, this influences it's. It goes across racial gaps. The ability to smack a fucking screen with, and it doesn't impact the game, influences people so much. They look at they look at this autistic woman. They've seen her win somehow. She's fucking peaking, okay. Now other people are smacking the machine. It has no effect. I, I tried it myself. I tried tapping it, okay. Uh, again, I only put in twenty dollars, which isn't a lot. Well, it is a lot because um, you lose it fast, I think, in slot machines. I don't like slots. But uh, you won't believe this, right? Like I said, the second day, another person smacking the machine. And I go throughout the casino. And lo and behold, they got the same machine but in a different part. And guess what? People don't always – that lady – the first lady smacked the shit out of it. Other people are tapping it. Now, I found a new – autistic trait too it's called the, the like the, the double finger that they go like this they fucking just tap the whole fucking screen you know and i don't fucking get it and now i know there's a lot of superstition in gambling but what i really believe about gambling is casino always wins it's very rare that you do win and that's why it's you know it should be treated like uh when you take your kid to the arcade right and they get tickets and you win it you know it's just I don't know. You know they don't really win anything, right? Like the whole... I don't know. Anyways, superstition boggles my mind. And the fa- and the, the autism doesn't stop, by the way. Or the peaking doesn't stop at the slot machines. It continues, okay? So Provo Kid likes to play craps. Now, for most people who don't know what craps is, it's a dice game. And I can't really explain it in a condensed manner too well for those who aren't familiar with the game but the point is you have two dice you throw the dice whatever number they land on you try to hit that um, and each table's differently but different by the way so you can play on a table with numbers like two through or one through twelve and I've seen this fucking shit it's a stupid fucking table you should crap out nobody understands this you should crap out on like one three sevens and a well yeah one three sevens and twelves in twos. Once there are no ones. I'm in twos. Fuck, dude. Nobody understands the game of craps if you try to talk about it. Either way, that's the game I fucking play. Okay, and because it's a spiritual game, I'm a spiritual cat, and I, and when the casinos I play at, by the way, because for those who don't know and who've never been to Vegas, if you go to the Strip, um, all those casinos are high. They're for they're tourist traps. So. If you go to the Strip, you're going to have your money drained from you. And that's the reason why is uh, the table limits or table minimums rather are always higher. So for example, the casinos I go to, right, where you play craps in Las Vegas, uh, the table minimum is $5. So when I play, right, the, the starting cost is $5. You go to the Strip and you play, try to play the same game I, I'm playing for $5. It costs $25. So a guy like me. I, hey, I can't cut it. I'm not, that, I'm not that guy. I can't play those games. So I go to these other casinos, right? These $5 casinos, the local casinos. And at these local casinos, you get a different group of gamblers. When you go to the strip, you get tourists. You get people who don't know what the fuck they're doing a lot of the time. Sometimes they do. And cash balances that out at the higher level casinos. So for example... Uh it's hard for someone to really I don't know how to explain this but too well maybe I do let me try. If you go to Caesars Palace in Bellagio, it's twenty five, fifty dollars a table um for craps. You gotta be smart enough to even have the money to go there. You're probably not dumb enough to get the money to go to the table to not know how to play. So either way, I go to these outlet casinos, these local casinos, and everybody at the craps table is superstitious and what I mean by this is if you say something sometimes to some people in the in the sense like you talk to the dealers in the middle of someone's dice roll they'll say you ruined the roll and you're just having a conversation you could and there's people who could be talking to a cocktail rate waitress and somebody will seven out and people will get mad at the most or like or upset cuz it's money they're losing money and they want to blame something outside of themselves with the fact that when you gamble you lose money and th- there was <laughs> there was a bit of an incident while I was playing and at, at the local casinos the the players and the dealers know each other they like see each other frequently it's this weird relationship where you kind of see the same people all the time. Where if you go to the strip, this is who fucking cares about this story, but I do. If you go to the strip, the dealers don't give a fuck about you typically. Most dealers don't, but generally though, they 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 bank on the fact they're never gonna see you again. They're not gonna treat you politely likely. Uh, so many people come in and out of the casinos on the strip that all the dealers are detached. Now you go to the casinos, the local ones, now, these dealers have to deal with the same people every single day sometimes. And I was fortunate to be at the table where <laughs> they, the dealers and the players had an altercation. Now, I don't know what happens. Like, uh, they call security, right? And things get a bit chaotic, right? It, it shuts down the whole mood. you ever like a, like a buzzkill? right? So people are winning money, things are a good time, and then all of a sudden, someone doesn't get paid out. So let's just say, for example, this is what happened. Someone made a bet. The dealer didn't uh, lock in the bet, and the dealer didn't cash out the bet that was made. So someone didn't get their money, and then they start saying some really hurtful things to some people, and it ruins the entire mood of a casino. Now, It sucks when people are losing money. I agree. It's kind of a down environment. But when people are losing money and they're arguing about it at a casino with the people working there, holy shit. It is what I mean, it's peak, right? It is peak levels of autism. And sometimes the money values they're arguing about in this situation was four dollars. And you think about this. It's like, is $4 worth saying some really nasty things to the dealers and even the people at the table, too, if you don't get your money? And you think about this. And I'd like to believe that gambling isn't just for autistic people. But fuck, man. It seems as though it attracts a certain group of people. Let's just be honest. And I just find that gamblers in general are strange, right? I gamble like on vacations. I'm not one of these people who live at the fucking casino. And this is something I've, I've found out about. There are people, I'm a casino kid, right? But there are casino people who just live there, right? And, then, <laughs> and they know everybody. They know the dealers. They know, oh, it's just, so, it's like a family, right? But uh, when the family starts fighting, It ruins the whole mood, and what ends up happening is everybody loses and everybody gets pissed. And unlike the casinos at the Strip, you can't, I don't know, it's just like a weird environment. It's one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had, which, like, people, I mean, it's so fucking nuanced, but, yeah, the drama at local casinos and the autism is just unreal. I think when you go to the Strip in Las Vegas, you see more, like, tourist, drunk, sloppy kind of shit. And when you go to local casinos, it's people trying to get their fucking milk money. You know what I mean? It's They need the bread. They need the milk. And they need to hit that hard six. But anyway, so my point of this story is no matter where I went in my little trip this past week, autism was everywhere. And this is one of the things where I think like is autism just because it's something I'm I like or something I talk about is it, do I see it everywhere? Am I making it up? Is is slapping a fucking slot machine autistic behavior? I think so. Is yelling at people who are dealing and working over $4 who might have made a general mistake worth ruining everybody's mood and day over? I don't think so. I think that person might have had other things going on, but it's never a good time when cops get called to the table, man, for $4. And you want to just say to these people, look, here, here's $4. Let's fucking move on, right? But when four or five people start talking and yelling and saying shit, just a fucking buzzkill. And I, the truth is, though, I actually love this shit. I, you know, but it's weird when, I like seeing dysfunction in some sense. You know, everybody likes watching. I'm uh, not watching, but like everybody looks at a car crash on the side of the road. They rubberneck. And I personally, if there's a freak out in public, I like it. I like to watch things devolve, you know. And if I, I'm not one of these people who pulls out my phone and record, right? God, ble- God willing, if I have to intervene and help somebody, I might. But I generally do enjoy watching... Uh, things deteriorate in public on a natural level. So people freaking out at uh, a casino, I I do like. I do. Uh, People slapping a machine and hoping it fucking does something. I like that. Honestly, I probably would have rather have watched that autistic woman beat the fuck out of that slot machine in hopes of triggering a jackpot. More than gambling. That's the thing I think I do like. I like watching weird people in public do crazy shit. And one of the best places to see that is Las Vegas. And I went to the strip just as a, a little fun thing to take my my young one to, my I saw the Bellagio water fountains. It was just magical, just a beautiful moment. The, the the thing that gets me though, this didn't bother me. They got all these faux strippers, like these fake strippers out on the strip, right? And you think about it, and it's it's not cold. But you have these women wearing like a bra and panties, and you think to yourself, like, go get an OnlyFans. Go strip. Why are you here? Why? In a skimpy outfit. Like, and a lot of these women, God bless them. And I hate to say this. There were standards before, I feel like. I've been I've been a kid on the strip for a while. But there were legitimate standards about like... I I don't want to just... How do you put this? I don't want to put down some of the... Uh, look, all people are beautiful in their own right. But I don't think some of these women should have been... They sh- How do you put this? When you wear very revealing outfits, you need... The, you're showing a lot. And sometimes... It's just a weird thing to show in public on a sidewalk when everybody's looking at a, bu- a beautiful water show. And I got TNA, tits and ass behind me. Not a big deal, right? Wasn't too much of a visual challenge for me because, hey, these women are working hard. I understand what they're doing. Uh, and God bless them. I don't want to say anything mean about those women, but I, you're just always surprised. Like, that's the career? Flamingo lady walking this trip, asking men to take photos. Strange career move. Don't quite get it. Um, what else did I see uh, in Las Vegas? People wearing masks. So I live in the great state of Utah, the best state. And I, I'm not bothered by people wearing masks, like your choice, your life. Uh, but it is a, it's so strange to wear a mask in a place where people are smoking. It's not as much as they used to, but I can't imagine that you could consciously believe that I've worn a mask right in a casino before because they had they had it mandated not because I not because I believed in them ever never believed in the mask once but even when I did wear the mask in the casino during the pandy. Excuse me uh people were still allowed to smoke, which was one of the craziest fucking rules in the casino. That rule made no fucking sense. Get this guys Las Vegas was lit during the pandemic but in some ways they the rule where you could smoke at a table like you could step away, smoke a cigarette, pull down your mask, smoke the fucking thing okay? You could you could smoke it, and then I'm wearing my mask, I'm at the table, you're two feet behind me. I'm telling you the truth, I could smell all that cigarette smoke, and I liked it. I do like the smell of cigarette smoke. I do like it a lot. Um, So much so that I, I'm not gonna lie, I've smoked cigs in the past, okay? And I liked it. I like smoking cigarettes, not ashamed to say it. Smoked them in the past, If they didn't damage my beautiful body, I'd smoke them way more. Haven't smoked a cigarette in a long time. Never forget my first one. Cause you're like, fuck, is this bad? That dare cop, what'd that dare cop say again? Fuck that dare cop, he got in a DUI crash. (sighs) That's a true story. My DUI, my uh, dare cop got in a fucking DUI car crash with his fucking dare car. Can you believe that? I'll never forget that. That was one of the strangest moments in my life. You read the newspaper. This is when I was still young. This is probably 13, 12, 14. And you open up the newspaper and there it is. The old dare officer. Car crash DUI. Lived. But um, it's like, fuck that guy. I hated that. I hated the fact that Someone could do all that shit and tell me all that shit. And then I read about it. I believed it probably at 14 too. And then I'm like, Oh, this guy's a fucking liar. And then I just thought differently about that. That's for sure. What the fuck was I talking about? Jesus Christ. Cigarettes. Oh yeah. Masks. So anyways, during the pandy, fucking people just, the the their mind went somewhere else. Like, Oh, this, this mask is good. It'll stop the virus. Uh, meanwhile, they're, they're inhaling cigarette smoke through the mask. I just I was so fucking baffled. Anyways, now I'm here. It's 2022, almost 2023. I'm back in Vegas. Dumb-dumb still wearing masks like smoke ain't leaking through that son of a bitch. And now I'm telling you this. If the smoke's getting through, I want to know what else is getting through that fucking mask. I swear to God. Jesus Christ fuck where do I go from here guys um where am I at 36 minutes oh there we go sorry about that what a lit podcast huh Jesus Christ what the fuck else am I going to talk about so my life obviously I'm going to talk about me uh this is the provoked podcast uh where I talk about myself primarily so if you it's what I do uh, for the first hour, I just talk to myself. I'm here talking to myself and I want to talk about, uh, what do I want to talk about? My life. Um, I want to say that what have I seen in my life? What am I experiencing in my life? Um, let's talk more about fucking autism. Why can't I talk about anything else? Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, I just love the topic. Let's be honest. where, oh, guests! This is the other thing I want to talk about that I didn't talk about in the beginning. So, going forward in 2023, um, I'm doing two new things. Um, so, if you're if you followed the Provo Kid lore, you should know that I stopped doing not not but I focused on doing in-person podcast guests only, and that was because of a few reasons. But essentially. I wanted to tap into what Joe Rogan found out, which is that when you have a conversation with someone and it's in person, it's always better, always, hands down. Doesn't matter what you can t- you can show me any Zoom podcast, anything like that, never as good as when two people are in a room and they can have a conversation. So Joe Rogan's right, and I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast recently, and um, because of the guests, first of all, and I don't like when you listen to Joe Rogan. You don't listen. You listen to his guests. And I like that. But because uh, he says the same shit like most people, like I do, obviously, over and over again. And then you're like, all right, once I've heard his first 20 episodes, I've heard them all. Deer, elk, meat, gorillas, fucking aliens, DMT. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get you, Rogan. Not too complicated for me. Not too complicated. Either autism and homeless people, which is my other favorite topic. I love talking about homeless people. Um, where was I going? Fuck. I talking about something new. Oh, yeah. My guess. My guess. My guess. My guess. So, I will be doing and opening up the podcast to having more guests on through, like, I guess, Zoom calls or StreamYard, stuff like that. So, I will be having more guests on the podcast, uh, a few of them are the famous jerome thorpe i'm gonna have him on as a guest in 2023 if you don't know jerome thorpe is he's uh he's an artist out of rhode island his family is uh well he's i guess known vicariously through his family or some shit like that because they have a youtube channel And, uh, but Jerome and I are working on a comic book and that's one big thing I'm releasing in 2023 is the Provo kid comic book. And I'm really excited about that. So I'm going to interview Jerome, uh, not interview. I don't like that term. I don't like the term interview. I'm gonna have a conversation with Jerome about the comic book we're co-creating. Um, he's the artist and primarily the director. He's honestly got the whole thing in his hands and he just asked me questions here and there, but we're really going to explore the, the comic book in a more in-depth facet or fashion rather, uh, on my podcast. So, and that won't be live, right? Um, unless my guest wants it to be, but typically my guest podcasts aren't live. So if you want to listen to these, uh, it'll be on my Spotify or iTunes. Uh, another guest I'm going to have on, if anybody knows him is radio Foreman. He and I are going to do a podcast about what is it? Mormonism. So, I have a few other guests I'm working on, and one thing I'd like to recall was when I started this podcast uh, in February of this year. I lied, okay? I don't do that often, but everybody lies. There was a there was a point in my podcast where I said I have a lot of guests lined up. I'm, i I'm gonna have guests on. This was probably in April or May. And truth be told, I had no guests lined up. I just imagined I would, right? And then all of a sudden, fast forward, if you go through my podcast catalog, I do have guests, right? And it's funny to look back on the past year and say like, oh, I remember when I was just bullshitting myself and saying, I'm gonna have guests on. And I didn't know who, I didn't know what, I just was telling my audience, just wait, please believe me. I'm gonna have a guest on. (laughs) And then I had a few guests on, and I I realized that I've talked about this before. One reason I slowed down having guests on my show is because I feel like my thoughts are controversial, to say the least, and I, I didn't feel comfortable asking people to be a guest on my show unless they were familiar with the things I thought and said. For example, when I started my podcast, I was extremely aggressive against the whole past two years in the narrative fucking you know I met you know I I you know it's a lot of people I I could upset a lot of people with my views regarding the past two years my thoughts on it and then even more like uh fuck Ukraine let Ukraine fucking burn and that's my other opinion like I got a lot of radical ideas okay um I felt like if I'm gonna ask people to be on my show, it should be fair that they know kind of the content I create, like what I'm thinking. Because if you come on my show and you're like, holy shit, this kid likes Putin. He wants Ukraine to get fucking nuked. Not really, but wouldn't be hurt about it. So, you know, um, going forward now, I feel like I built up a good enough. What's it called? Catalog. Where you know people. If I do ask to come on my show, they know kind of the things I'm talking about or thinking about, and they're not coming onto my show. I'm like, oh fuck, you're crazy, <laughs> which is true. So uh, where am I? at? 42 minutes. Holy fuck. It's hard to talk to hard to talk to yourself. Um. Jesus Christ. What am I going to say? Uh, the last 15 minutes this is something I also learned when I do when I talk to myself is like the first 40 minutes thir- like it, it was so hard. And I'd bitch about like oh, it's hard talking to yourself first 20 minutes, first 30, 40. But the last 10, 15 minutes used to be the hardest for me. And I Honestly, I've gotten a lot better at it, and I do have a few notes. Um, I didn't want to do this because it's not too streamer consciousness, but um, okay, yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of notes here, and I don't like to do that, but so here on my notes, I wanted to talk about the gift of a name, right? When you give somebody the knowledge of your name, right, it's so fucking powerful. It's unbelievable. And there's a book that I would love to recommend for anybody who, honestly, it's fucking hard to read. And what I mean by that, it's really dry. But if you think you're a big brain, um, here's a book for you. And it's called, uh, where is it? It's in my catalog of books. Jesus Christ, why can't I find it? Um, hold on, folks. I'm gonna find this book for you. I've, I've given it a shout out plenty of times, and I can't fucking see it, and it's pissing me off right now. I think it's fuck. Why can't I see it? Sorry, if you're just listening, I'm I'm looking at a list of books I've read, and I'm not seeing it. So maybe it's not on this list. But if you want to find the list of books I've read, go to go to my website, Log Cabin Librarian. And you can find uh, about all the reading that I've done in my past. And, oh, it's not there? What the fuck? Um. Oh, God, that's the worst when you fucking try to cite something and you don't have it. I hate that shit. Either way, I'm talking about the power of a name. And I was going to cite a book that people could go look at. Um, and I'm not seeing it. I'm sorry about that um anyways the power of a name is it's quite simply this that uh the most powerful spell in the world if you believe in magic and kind of new age stuff like that in in a in a real sense people might denounce some of these things right um but they're if you read the literature if you read the academic literature there is some validity to the idea that names are spells and uh i'm Referencing the person who influenced Marshall McLuhan. Harold Enos is his name. I can remember remember the author's name. His name is Harold Enos. He's a professor from Canada. He wrote uh, a book about communication which influenced Marshall McLuhan. Anyways, the book uh, in the beginning talks about the development of language. And it's just a fascinating read. Really fucking dry. But it talks about how names are spells. And when... The most powerful na- powerful thing you can do as a person is know somebody's name. And the reason why that's so powerful is that's how you control people in some general sense. Imagine your classroom, every teacher uh you ever had, the first goal they ever had before they even decided like anything. Like what they they probably should have already known what they're going to teach if they're a teacher, but the goal of every teacher the first thing they have to do is learn everybody's name. right? You get that? They have to learn everybody's name. So if you can recall, and I don't know if anybody listens to this, went to school but uh, in America. But every teacher, it, all the way through college, made you fucking write your name on a plate, put it on your desk. And then uh, the teacher would just look at everybody and then call them by their name. Because that is the only way to control people. right? The only way to control people is through their name. The government knows this. Parents know this. People know this. And it's one of the most fascinating things in the world, right? The power of a name. And so when you give somebody the gift of your name, and this was an experience I had at the casino where when you are gambling at a craps table and you're talking to the dealers, they you need to know their fucking name. Because you need to keep count of your money. You need to tell them what to do with your money and what to do, at least in craps. If you're playing blackjack, I don't think you could f- you could fuck off with the dealer's name for all I care. But the people at the craps table, they actually hold, move, and count all of your money. And it's very important that you communicate to them respectfully. And you need to know their name. So anyways, when I was gambling, I asked the one of the other dealers – you know, what's this person's name? I can't see their name tag. And they told me their name. And then after that, I was able to talk to the dealer by using their name and the communication difference and the the exchange of communication was so fluid. It was just, it was awesome, right? So my whole point is the gift of a name, when you give it to someone, it allows them to communicate to you in a genuine manner. It sounds super simple and obvious, right? Uh, But Man, names are so powerful, and it's how you get attention. it's how you direct. Um, naming is everything, right it's it's one of the coolest things in the in the world that I think we can do is name things, right? Um, but unfortunately, all the names that we do name things are given to us. and that's why the youth are so creative they'll look at a sign and say that's a word holder, right? Like they're fucking creative. they they're not. Their world isn't concrete with names. They're just fucking constructing this thing like a Lego set. They're naming the world around them. But for everybody who's an adult like me, everything becomes concrete. And I think this is why artists are like afflicted with substance abuse sometimes. I think of like Hunter S. Thompson or other people like this where because as you get older, everything becomes so concrete. An artist needs – a real artist tears down things, right? Um, but you can't tear down things – too well if everything is just always so concrete um and that's why what i think the world wants you to look at things as concrete um but i think it's always changing and the world wants you to accept the names that it that the world tells you to call things right but a real artist a real creative person and this is where slang and like um the peakness right i created a term called peak in relation to autism which is, I think, a more difficult thing to do as you become older. I find that more often than not, people who are best at creating slang or, or you know, hip jargon for the youth are young people because they look at the world differently in the sense that they want to name things. They want to call things what they want to call them. When you become an adult and someone tells you to call something something, and like, no, 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 that's, that's a stop sign. Uh, And you just fucking, it just becomes concrete like that. Things are what they are. And you, your imagination drains your body. So my point being the power of a name, what people call things, it's fucking important. And I think artists always want to try to look at the world differently. And so you have people like Hunter S. Thompson who like, uh, it sounds bad, but they have to like like constantly destroy their mind in order to rebuild it. Um, I, I don't, I, you got to change your consciousness and the way you look at the world sometimes because you just get habituated to the way things are. And that's why people, when people denounce marijuana, like non-substance abusers, like I get why people smoke nicotine or smoke cigarettes because it makes you feel good. Right. And when people denounce marijuana, because it does this and that to you, well, sometimes right. And I've noticed in my own life, like, I can become very concrete in my thinking, take a joint, and I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck was I thinking? What a silly goose. I can't believe I thought that was a wall. It's a fucking door. Why did I call that obstacle a wall? It's, in fact, a door. I'm going to rename it. The power of a name is so fucking crazy. Uh, what other notes do I have? I'm at 52 minutes. Shit. Um... Uh, The design of a grocery store. So the design of a grocery store in Utah County is different. It's actually, uh, and Utah in general, it's, how would you put it? Wholesome? Where my experience going into the grocery stores in Las Vegas felt like um, I wasn't trusted. What I mean by that is when you go into a Smith's or an Albertsons or whatever you might have in your general area, I'd like to know this from my audience. When you walk in, the smiths in las vegas at least you got to walk through a stupid little gate like a little metal gate like what the fuck is this am i a cow going to slaughter why why is this why is there i understand the way grocery stores are designed in like this you know cattle like method where they you know you they wine and dine you through the whole store till the very end i get that but what i don't like is the initial you go through the gate of the doors anyways and then you go through this another gate as if you're trying to stop people from stealing fresh produce or whatever. I was, it's like when you go to a bank in a bad neighborhood and they got all this fucking class or a 7 11 You're like, what the fuck's all this shit for? Why is this community so fucked? And it's symptomatic, right? I think that's a sign of the society, right? When, all, when you have to put all these barriers in a grocery store, there's something else going on because over here in this next state, Utah, we don't have all these fucking weird barriers before you even get into the grocery store. It's fucking insane, right? Uh, but the design of the grocery store is even more interesting where in Las Vegas, it is it's it's perfectly designed where you have an entrance and an exit where you you don't go out the exit through the entrance. You have to be like corralled all the way around to where they have to Once you come in, you can't go out through the entrance. You have to prove you purchased things. And it's one of the weirdest fucking things ever, right? At least to me. Cuz I'm growing up and I'm I'm seeing society change like, "Oh, I guess grocery stores are turning into something else where people aren't trusted as much. So the general lack of trust in our society is falling so fast. You see it in the in the construction of our society, right? Everywhere. We're just and it started with fences. This is a Robert Putnam thing, so if you if anybody's familiar you're with Robert Putnam bowling alone stuff like that, stuff like that. Um the, the turning point in America when they started putting fences in their yards, right? So I grew up where in a neighborhood, uh, you shared a backyard with six fucking people or whatever. And there were no fences. And then as I was like 13 years old, the, the whole backyard where you could just run through everybody's neighbor, like all of it, just got fenced up. Everybody just started fencing all their shit up. And everybody started to like not trust people. And it makes sense when society deteriorates, you see crime rates or whatever. Like the narrative that's sold to you, maybe the fear narrative is like, I don't trust my neighbors. I'm glad there's these fucking gates that are stopping people from going through back into the entrance. They might want to steal tomatoes or some shit. And like, oh, this was different. The makeup aisle was like boxed off. You're like, what the fuck? They got a corral in a corral. You go in the makeup aisle, you got to check out to leave. Like this is a fucking grocery store. What the fuck? A lot of thieves, huh? A lot of thieves. So grocery stores are interesting, right? And I like, that is another topic of mine that I I do find myself talking about more often than not. Because I don't mind running errands, going to the grocery store, taking care of things. Somebody needs something in my life. I'm the first one to say, I'll go get it. Not a big deal. Uh, I like driving. I like going to the grocery store. Um, I think it's a fun place to be, but when you go there and you feel like you walk in and then a gate closes behind you, you're like, fuck, what if, I, what if I don't want to buy anything? Do I got to go through the whole fucking store and is this Costco where they got to check me before I leave? Is this a members only club Smiths? Do I have any more notes? I got four minutes. Fuck. That only took four minutes to talk about, um, that's all the notes I have. Fuck. Well, this is the Provoked Kid podcast. Uh, Jesus Christ. I thought I'd be more interesting. You you take four or five, I don't know how long, how many days I took off of streaming, but I'm like, oh, I'm ready to talk. Can't even do a full hour. Fucking depressing. Not really, though. Doesn't really matter. Um. What else? Christmas. Oh, yeah. Christmas happened. It was good. It was fine, right? Uh, when I think it's different throughout the different stages in, in your life, what Christmas means. Um, when you're young, it's about you. When you're when you're older and you have a family, it's about the kids, so to speak. Um, which is nice when you get to pretend to be Santa Claus, I guess. Um, yeah, that's Christmas is is cool. I like uh, the whole lie you tell children and. Hopes that they learn that the lie you're telling them is something the government does to you quite often, right? Like, the the first thing you got to learn is your parents are deceptive towards you, or they deceive you, and you gradually learn that in stages. Where some deception's good, you get gifts, stuff like that. I don't really feel like going too much into this. I want to wind down my podcast. I'm just gonna cut it short. don't feel bad about that. I'm just going to say thank you for watching. Um, I'm going to go check the chat, see if anybody showed up. And what do you know? We do have some people here. Who is it? We got Robin, Steven. Uh, we got a guy named Gibbon. Not sure who that is. Uh, thanks for being here, Gibbon. Um, Social Slacker. Thanks for being here. Uh, we got GLM. Wow, thanks for being here. Good uh, Good crowd good crowd for the Provo Kid live stream late night live stream um yeah i think that'll be it uh thank you everybody for listening thank you for watching what should i end with oh i know what song i i know what song it is god, god bless
1: Takes time.